Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. It's Monday. New week. New week. It is actually uh, February 7th, the year of the Lord, 2022. We're starting this week off right because we're starting together in the Word of God. Yes, Matthew chapter 23, as we are just trucking along to the end of this gospel account, according to Matthew, looking at the life of Jesus, the victory of Jesus, though at first it seems like it's not going to be very victorious. Well, I, I think we we kind of know the end of the story, and that's some why, of us do, and that's why we're Christians, but... Uh, but, you know, I'm looking at Matthew 23, and I don't want to give it away, but... No spoilers. I, I, I think one of the scariest things I can imagine is uh, sitting there and having Jesus preach this at me. Oh, yikes. Woe to That's you. That's my setup. Yeah, the woes. Woe to you. Woe to we'll you. We'll have to talk about the woes. All right, here we go. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe what they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted." Well, I guess my concern about the woes applies more to our reading tomorrow. We'll get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> but an audience is identified here. I mean, he's he's talking to the people, but about the scribes and the Pharisees. Well, I'm sure there are scribes and Pharisees in this group of people. Mm-hmm. They were following him around. They were listening. They were trying to find things with which to accuse him. And so they're there. One of the things he says about them is that they sit in Moses' seat, or in the seat of Moses. And I think there's a couple things going on there. Um, the first of which it would be a place of authority, you know, that they're the ones who uh, are correctly declaring, you know, the teachings of Moses and the law. But the second thing is, and, and I learned this when I got to go to Israel this one time, is that uh, there was actually a seat called the Seat of Moses in synagogues. I discovered this at the ruins of Chorazon, that in that synagogue, here is this specially carved out seat, and that was where the ruler of the synagogue would sit, or, you know, the the, the place of honor truly in the synagogue. He talks about seats of honor in the synagogue where all eyes are on you. And uh, so they, they have that, and then they excavated it out, and I think it was one of those deals where they put the replica on the archaeological site, and then when you go to the museum at Israel, that's where the actual one from Corazon is. Mm. But that was just fascinating to think, wow, there really was a chair, and when you got to sit in that, you knew you were important. Mm. Mm. So listen to what they say, because they really are teaching what Moses said. Listen to what they say, because they have authority, mm-hmm. uh, but 
okay, don't do what they do. We're watching what they do, and and that's this is terrible. They're they're not the example. They're blind guides, which we will also get more into that. I think in the woes than we do here. But so, what do you think about that? Do what they say, and not as they do. Well, I, I know mean, this. is that another way of calling them hypocrites. play actors and hypocrites? Yeah, absolutely. They're straight up hypocrites. They, so, they have good doctrine, but they don't practice it. Well, in, in fact, this. OK, so here's what I find in this paragraph is that for three chapters a week or two ago, we had a constant theme of humility. Uh-huh. Be humble. Yeah. Be humble. He kept the, teaching his disciples about that. The first will be last. The last will be first. The least will be the greatest. Be humble like a little child. Bring the children to me. And now here we are, and notice how this paragraph ends, what I said at the very end of the reading. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The The point being that we're back to humility. Mm. This time, however... He gives a different object lesson. A few chapters ago, he called a child into their midst and right. said, this this right here, this is what you're supposed to be like. Be, be like this. As this child. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't call a Pharisee or scribe. <laughs> that would be kind of hilarious. Uh, uh, Pharisee, come here, come here. All right, y'all see this man? Not this. Not this. Don't be this. Wow. This, is, this is pride. This is arrogance. This is self-righteousness. Stay away from this. So, I mean, even as you talk about that, here is this object of lesson, don't be like this. I mean, what, did did some of these words, did some of this teaching run through their minds the next time they were at synagogue? <laughs> the next time they're looking at the seat of Moses in the room? Here's the Pharisee. Okay, I'm going to listen to what you're saying, but I know you. I got you. I, I'm, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. I'm not I'm supposed a... to do what you do. Yeah, I'm seeing what you're doing, and wow. I'm going to steer clear wow. of that. Here's what's... Here's what's um you you talked about the frightening thing having Jesus preach this chapter to you. You know, I have struggled with understanding the humility side of things, but actually this side I'm like, "Oh yeah, I get that." Oh yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, I understand that desire to be called a rabbi. I understand. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, so I'm an, ex- you, I'm an expert at this paragraph. How, how do you think this um, you know, how do you think this plays out because I know that, you know, in a sense, we want to be teachers of the word. I think you and I especially do. We're, yeah. we're ministers. We're preachers. Um, and sometimes people will call you preacher. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, sometimes even mistakenly, they'll call me pastor. I've not actually been appointed to that right. role right. at the church here at Livingston. But it, it's just kind of this common nomenclature. If right. somebody's preaching, they must be the pastor. Well, yeah. And I'm in the same boat as you on that <clears> one, you know. The that's that's an issue of just misunderstanding what the words mean here in this paragraph. I do think that we can we can make a mistake with this paragraph. We can set Mm -hmm. this paragraph up as just a set of ritualistic rote rules uh, requirements. Oh, don't be called teacher. Don't be called father. Well, but wait a minute. There's there's at least one fellow I've called father my whole life. Am I not allowed to do that? Right, yeah. I, I don't think Jesus is saying, here's this, this rote rule, never use that word for anybody but God. And and I'm, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Maybe maybe you're not with me on this. If so, you can push back. Even, even I know it, it becomes an easy target to push back at the Roman Catholics and some of these other high churches that call their priests fathers and say, oh, see, this says don't ever do that. And I, I think when we make it just that rule— and there, I'm sure there's some application there, but I think when we just make it that rule, we're, we're probably missing the point of the paragraph. I think the point of the paragraph is 
be humble. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think the point, yes, be humble. There, There is an irony, I guess, though, that some religious bodies would go ahead and step into these titles yeah. that, like, by name are, are ruled out. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess in trying to be fair, and this is the thing I yeah. want to be sure, just like you pointed out a minute ago, we want to be teachers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we are called teachers, yeah. and we actually have in Scripture passages where teacher and father are all used. So, for instance, in Acts chapter 13 and verse 1, Luke lists Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manan, and Saul mm-hmm. as teachers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Paul says God appointed some people to be teachers. They are gifts from the Lord, if I understand Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12 correctly. Absolutely. You know, that he gave some to be evangelists and some teachers for the equipping of the saints. Now, interestingly, in Romans four eleven, Paul calls Abraham the father of all who believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 11, Paul said he was a father to the Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. He calls Timothy and Titus his true children in the faith, which only works if he's the father. So... There's, there's, I, I just, I just want to make sure that we're fair and consistent. Um, it's true, you know, you and I wouldn't use even teacher as a title. We, we don't, we don't demand that people call us teacher, uh, you even will. though we are called yeah. teachers. Is, that, is there a different, you see the difference there? I, I think I do. Yeah. yeah. What, what are mean, you seeing as a difference there? Well, I, I think some of the difference is really just assuming, uh, yeah, assuming a position of authority. Mm. Call me father because I am a source, mm-hmm. right? I am a source of truth or I'm a source of forgiveness or I'm a source of absolution or whatever, which are things that actually only the father can be the source yeah, of. And, good point. You know, and likewise with teacher, this authority of Christ. Um, I, I think about Paul talking about no other foundation can be laid than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to think that we can go our own way and say, no, follow me. I will be the teacher. You mm-hmm. know, like like I'm telling people I'm some kind of Latter-day prophet or something. I got a new revelation and it's a whole new deal. We can assume the positions that we have no right to assume to. So, so drawing to ourselves some type of honor, some type of mm-hmm. authority, some type of role which is not our role. Yeah. This is a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think as which, I'm... Which is kind of what the Pharisees were doing, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't that the point of this this teaching here? I think I actually see in this, what, in this teaching Jesus gives four mm. keys of pride or four actions of pride. I mean, I'll just, I'll just run through this really quickly. I think I see that, that the proud are full of hypocrisy. Okay. The, the proud pursue self-promotion. Mm-hmm. The pr- the proud are involved in competition, and the proud, rather than seeking righteousness, are seeking honor and accolades mm-hmm. and praise. I-, I think I see that. You know, so obviously the hypocrisy Jesus yeah. highlights that they say things, but they don't do. I don't do them, and so it's this idea of I'm going to throw out a judgment on you, but I'm not going to be judged by it. Yeah, rules for me and not for thee. Self-promotion. Here we have folks who uh, are doing things to be seen by others, which takes us back to the Sermon on the Mount. Absolutely. Jesus said, don't do that. 
If you do things to be seen by others, that's the only reward that you will get. Right. Matthew 6, he talked about that and those that were blowing trumpets so people would see their arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even, and also in and the And I say people, I think he was actually talking about the scribes and the, the Pharisees. Scribes and the Pharisees. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly Get right. a more specific on that. Well, listen, this teaching clearly connects back to the Sermon on the Mount. It really does. It's, it's like bookends. Mm-hmm. Inclusio. Not another one. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, also in the Sermon on the Mount... Not only don't don't show your works to be seen by others, but the things that you do show, the things yeah. that are seen, are supposed to be about God's glory, not about not your own. Not about your own. Not That's your right. Own. In pursuit of honor, these are folks that are looking for titles. I want to be, I right. am a doctor. Mm-hmm. How dare you refer to me in any other way but doctor? I mean, there's, yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong to be to to get no. a degree that has that title, and even even sometimes to be referred in that way. But this demand of my authority and my presence—it's that that seeking of honor, and then of course the competition. They are looking for the best seats in the, in yeah. the feasts in the synagogues. You know, I, I'm going to be the one. Jesus said to humble yourself, go to the lowest seat. Maybe you'll get invited up. Maybe you won't. But still, go. Don't don't get in this competition for honor. To be greeted in the marketplace. Everywhere they went, they wanted to be known. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be known as the great religious teachers. And uh, yeah, the the Lord teaches us yet again. It is about your actions, a demonstration of faithfulness that brings glory to God. And the conclusion is, once again, humble yourself. And the key here for humility is service. Mm-hmm. In contrast of all these other things that the scribes and Pharisees are involved in, be a servant. In fact, yeah, this, this was yeah. helpful to me just because as we've gone through those three chapters of humility, I've really thought a lot about, okay, what is it? I mean, what is humility? How, how do I get rid of some of this arrogance and pride that I know I still have in my heart? And I, I realize that Jesus' answer here is, well, go serve. Go serve. Serve people. Mm, powerful, powerful. So glad that we've uh, got to start the week looking at this kind of a challenging chapter. I think it's going to gonna bring us to look in the mirror and, and have a heart check, and particularly today about about being humble. So glad that you've joined us for the program. Uh, Jump on to the group discussion going on the group Facebook page or send us an email. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus Christ, our true teacher. Thank you for being our Father, our source of life and blessing, every good thing. We pray, Father, that we might learn the lesson and to be humble, to practice those things that we teach so that we have integrity, not hypocrisy. And Father, that we are genuine, your servants and disciples this day for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throne.